incredibly bright people for watching this podcast. Guess who this is? No. No. Yeah, it's Yakko Warner. Or could it be Pinky? Or it might even be Carl finishing my croissant. Or it might be Raphael with a hot bunch of marshmallow tuna fish and Doritos pizza. Or even Donatello trying to figure out how my Apple Watch works. The main thing we all have in common is that we are pretty smart, just like you, because we watch and listen to the Canned Air Podcast. And one more thing. Narf! Welcome to another episode of Candair, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And returning to the show, he was last on the show in uh, episode 282, so not too long ago. Mm-hmm. We had him on to talk about Polar Paradox. We welcome writer Frank Martin to the show of FrankTheWriter.com. He's got a new Kickstarter up right now for the second part of Polar Paradox. Frank, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me back. Returning champion in the building. Right? I would say so. I would say so. And we're going to have fun today in our retro roundtable. We're going to be talking about trading cards. Now, this is, man, as, you know, coming up in the late 80s, early 90s, man, were there any bigger things than trading cards back in the day? No, there wasn't, actually. But uh, so I've actually dug out a box of the cards I had from when I was a kid. All these cards I have here from when I was a kid. We're going to be going through some of them and, uh, talking about some of just the hilarity I found in that box. I remember a store that was just trading cards. I mean, I think you still have those kind of cards stores now, but I think they're mainly like game cards, like Magic and Pokemon yep. and shit like that. Yeah. You know, we're talking about just the cards that exist for no fucking reason <laughs> cards. Not that we can't bring up those kind of cards. Right. but uh, And then after we do that, we're going to be turning our attention over to Frank to talk more about uh, the new Kickstarter for Polar Paradox. But before we do any of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And uh, go to our website, CandarePodcast.com, where you can click on that Patreon link. And uh, you can, well, not only that, but there's a there's a merch link. You get t-shirts, all mm-hmm. kinds of swag with our logo on it, but also the Patreon link where a few dollars a month gets you access to a whole bunch of uh, cool content we've got up there right now. Over 40 episodes of the Candare Patreon pod and a bunch of other special projects. And free merch. And free merch there, yeah. If you're a patron of... Uh, so what was it? First three months. After three months, you get your first uh, piece of merch mm-hmm. sent to you in the mail. After six months, another piece, and they just keep getting better, people. Yep. So a lot of incentive there. And uh, go to evergreenpodcast.com. That's the network we're on. You can check us out there, along with a lot of other cool shows. Am I forgetting anything, Jerry? No. A lot of shows over there, too. A lot of shows. Mm-hmm. A lot of good shows. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Hold on to your butts. Excellent. All right, trading cards. Where do we begin? Jack, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I started. Try well, I tried to start with the trading card thing with when I was probably around oh seventh or eighth grade. Because I had a couple of kids, a couple of friends that did the same thing, but they were actually into sports. This guy doesn't sports. No. Well, that's just kind of the funny thing about it is, uh, and I, Frank, I don't know if you uh, can relate to this, but when I was young, you know, coming up in school, like you said, 
sports cards were the shit. Mm-hmm. And even if uh, you weren't necessarily into sports cards, you were getting sports cards because everyone was getting sports yeah. cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, had a, I can't remember some of the ones I had, but I remember buying a couple of packs here and there. Mainly, I, I think re- it was for the gum for me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it was getting crazy. My dad uh, bought, you know how you buy the whole sets, but you buy the whole sets just because you want one card that's in the set. My dad right. was big on, on for some reason, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. He had like oh, three God. sets of the entire thing. And he said, Frank, this is valuable just because of this one card. And I'm like six years old. I'm like, okay, dad, yeah, one card, <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. It's the most valuable thing in, in the history. And did it end up being worth money? Any ideas? I have no idea. I mean, we could go on eBay and check out Ken Griffey Jr. cars nowadays. But uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that's worth bazillion dollars more. I mean, the, all the comic books people never thought were going to be worth anything are are going oh, for absolute money. Just make sure you don't bend those corners on them cards, or they're nothing. Well, you know, I, <laughs> it's funny because I was never a sports person but at that one point in my life i was obsessed with the chicago bulls that's when i was into sports i never missed a chicago bulls game oh did it happen to be when they were winning that's exactly when it was <laughs> that's when the everybody 90s. loved them yeah yeah the all-stars <laughs> man that was when they were awesome yeah so i've got a bunch of cards here uh that i collected over the years through the 90s like in protective sleeves of the chicago ah. bulls and i've got uh, maybe three Michael Jordans in here, Steve Curfew, Dennis Robbins when he was with the Spurs, B.J. Armstrong, Scottie Pippen. I don't know if any of them are worth a damn cent. Probably a couple bucks a piece, if anything. That's just it, though. You know, with Michael Jordan cards or Ken Griffey Jr., you know, there's probably a few cards that are really, like, uh, sought after and valuable, but there's probably just a lot of printed cards, like probably like these, that aren't worth dick. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It all depends on like probably the the, the photo that they took. There's yeah. only this many of this photo made. Yeah, exactly. So, do you know if you can still pull those? I tried to, but I want to try too hard. Still pull them out of the card holder. Uh, they... you can, but I I wouldn't at this point. I mean, they've it's, been in there so a, long. It's a skill to take those cards out and. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if you get a little bit of moisture in there and it sticks. Well, uh, let's not find out. <laughs> <laughs> let's not it's, find. It's out. like laminating it. You're pretty much done with it when you're done. You know, another thing I remember when I was a kid was, uh, you know, in the height of all this sports card popularity, cereal boxes, you know, instead of toys, were giving out sports cards. And mm-hmm. here's a few postcards that uh, are just very lackluster looking cards. Who do we have there? Barry Bonds and Kevin Maz. Kevin Maz. I'm sure like to people who actually know baseball, maybe the, one of those two names means something. <laughs> To me, they mean dick, but as a kid, they have printed autographs on there. And as a kid, before you know about, you know, autographs. It's signed. It's a signed card (laughs) by Barry Bonds. But then also, I don't know if you remember these. I've only got this one here. Catalogs put these out and they were all star, like cornflakes, all star cards. And like you could move the card back and forth and it was like your favorite pitcher or batter and you would like you'd see oh him. it's animated it's yeah. animated yep. you see him like a, hollow, a little bit of hollow foil kind of thing to it it's not even so much like a hollow foil it's like that thing if like you run your fingernail over the top it like zips back and forth it's like corduroy oh, yeah. pants yes yeah. yeah, like corduroy <laughs> pants but it's one of those kind of cards what's this one from 92 uh dan quinzenberry quiz quizenberry who the fuck knows but 
Yeah, so you that's know, the only reason I've got all these sports cards. Is they were such the hype. I remember one card I had was Daryl Strawberry. Collectors are so weird because you go online and you look at those cards and a lot of them are like selling for five cents or ten cents. They're worthless. And then every once in a while you get one that's so weirdly rare that everybody wants it. It's like it's it was the Kellogg's edition from the 92 Frosted Flakes and now it's some for some reason it's like three hundred dollars. You, you never mm -hmm. wow. you can never quite nail down why people why that particular one is, is rare and all the other ones are nothing. Maybe I need to look up my cards. <laughs> I remember well, that's I almost why people bought love that stuff. Like, um, was it Antique Roadshow? They love taking out all their junk and then finding some weird, obscure thing that's worth money that they never realized. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see me. How much are these Power Ranger cards worth, sir? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Here's twenty dollars. Leave. <laughs> if I was lucky, twenty bucks. Ooh, somebody be really generous. I, I got into cards. I mean, I loved them when I was little, but as I got older, I loved them more, um, not the sports cards, but more of the, because if you're a comic book guys, I love the, the comic character cards. I had oh, X-Men yeah. cards. I just Googled this because I had the entire collection of Spider-Man series of Fleer Ultra from 1995. I have some of those. I do. Yeah, they were, I'd like, for some reason, I made it my life's mission to have every single card from this set. And I had, and they, they really marketed this perfectly because I had the, the binder that was for the set and I had the exact amount of, uh, what are they, the, the pages that they put the cards in. I, yeah. They had, they had them numbered so that each card had its own slot and it was like my most prized possession, the fact that I had every single one. Those pages were like three by three, if I remember correctly. And some yeah. of that that foil uh, printing you're talking about earlier, I think, showed up in some of those cards. They were amazing cards. The <laughs> yeah. X-Men ones, too. And this is how I kind of like learned about Spider-Man. I had all of these yes. cards and all the characters. I read the backs. I'm looking at them now. They had they had some cards that were like um, I forget. What, what did they call them? They were they swapped arachnophobias where they swapped uh, DNA of characters so I'm looking at this one, it's Misery. So it's Lizard and Mysterio. I was like, I thought that was the coolest oh, wow. thing ever. I gotta look these up. I've never seen that. No, that's cool as shit. I've, I've, I know I've got a bunch of the Spider-Man ones, but I've also got some X-Men ones that are really cool. And uh, there's some of them that have that foil effect, but they're like special editions where it's like the X-Men in uh, different Halloween costumes. So you have like... <laughs> Cyclops dressed as Elvis. But again, it's a really nice card with like that foil sheen to it. Professor Xavier was like a wizard or some shit. It was it was so cool. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about at all, Frank? Yeah, I've seen a bunch of those too. They're they're awesome. They I mean the artwork too. They don't really skimp on these things. No, they don't. They're gorgeous cards. I actually have a whole book of them in there. I totally forgot to get out until I I forgot about them until Frank I mentioned. See those? I don't remember Let ever me get seeing. Them. Keep talking. Like comic book cards. It was always just the sports ones that I've ever seen. Oh no, they they had tons and tons and tons of these. I'm trying to find these arachnophobias, but for some reason Google's like, no, you can't search for that. It's too cool. <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Let me get the mic back here. And you'll notice that these are in a book that says baseball cards yeah. on them because when the Marvel cards cards came along, I was like, to hell with the baseball <laughs> cards. But yeah. Take comic covers and cover the, the Start top flipping of toward the back. There's also Simpsons cards in there. <laughs> 
And those foil cards are sweet. They are all sweet. Look at, like Frank said, look at the art on them. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, another thing I'm seeing in that book right there are those Simpson cards. Uh, those came out before the Playmates, like, line started, like, pumping Simpson merch up the ass, you know? So those mm. trading cards were about the only thing you can get, and they were so cool as far as, like, Simpson merch went at the time. No, Man, I, look at them glisten when you flip them. They're gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, they are. I had Simpsons cards, too. They made cards for everything. Yeah. As we're soon going to find out here. <laughs> Speaking of which, one, I, I don't have even a full set, uh, but I found a few uh, like floater cards in my stack here from the TV show Dinosaurs when it came out from 92. Oh. Look at those. Those are rough. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> They're not even scenes from the show. It's just like the 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 suit set up in front of like a yeah. Sears backdrop. Just <laughs> like promo shots. Sears portrait backdrop or something. Yeah, Decode yeah. baby's favorite saying. What could it be? Huh. Let's see. Not the daddy? <laughs> no. What is that? Just a description? Father of three may not always understand his family. They're horrible, but it's just a great example <laughs> of what uh, Frank said. Everything, absolutely everything had a card. And I wish I had more better examples to look at here uh, other than that but okay i got one for you guys here this has got to be one of the most favorite cards i own and i am almost hesitant to call it a card because it's not made of cardboard it's made of like a flimsy plastic huh hear that yeah i do hear it so that's not cardboard as we can tell and what this is is a card from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Secret of the Use, where it's Splinter holding up the TCRI can together. Mm -hmm. And on the back, all it, it doesn't even give a description. It's just it prints over and over Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Secret of the Use, available <laughs> everywhere in theaters March 1991. Now, what's special about this card is that this came from, do you remember the gross-ass turtle pies, like the green ooze turtle pies? Yes. Yeah. Like hostess pies. That's the only yeah. place you could get these cards. <laughs> and that's what that's from. That's why it's plastic, so the grease didn't get into the yep. card. Probably. <laughs> it didn't saturate and destroy the card. But it's like cut crooked. I mean, you can tell like they just came out on like a long reel. Yep. And then just cut. Look at the back. Look how the back's printed. Like you have the centered text that where you get everything, but then like the exact same thing's printed <laughs> above it, cut in half, and below it, cut in half. But I looked up some of those cards on eBay, and people do have them. And it's not like they're charging outrageous amounts for them. But I just thought, man, it's something for those kind of a, you know, such a fragile little piece of shit to survive so long. <laughs> I feel that. It's almost like a waxy coated paper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why this was so difficult for me to find these these villain mashups on Spider-Man. I made it this kind of my life's mission right now to find these. But I see I got um, Scavenger, which was a mix of vermin and vulture, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. They have, they had, it was Doppelganger and Shocker, Doppelshock. <laughs> and, and See, I love the Doppelganger. I think he's cool as shit. And then they have one that's uh, Kingpin and Carnage, King Carnage. But it's like, <sighs> this. They, they made these just for the cards. I'm like, these would be, I want to see these stories, you know, that would be awesome. Yeah, but definitely. If they did like, what if, like one-off issues, like if 
Oh, especially yeah. that King Carnage, man. Mm-hmm. That sounds incredible. <laughs> and then they had a Carnage World Tour or a USA Tour where he's like at the Lincoln Memorial and at Graceland and at the Alamos and Mount Rushmore. And this is all like the same year series of card. So it was like to see all of these, it was just I could flip through the book just looking at them and reading them. And it was, it was pretty wow. cool. It's so funny how much uh, joy these kind of cards can bring. I mean, especially in the case like what Frank's talking, these Marvel cards, you know, mm-hmm. they, they brought something extra. You weren't just getting a quick clip of what you've already saw in a comic book. You know, there was original art being brought and new ideas being brought through with the cards. We had a couple of comic artists guests on the show that were doing these cards. And I didn't really quite understand it as much till now because I, did, I really didn't know that they had... The, all these superhero cards like i, don't I said know. i only knew sports but it makes a, a whole lot more sense because some of these actually look like they're drawn on the card almost i know what you're talking about you're talking about like uh we we've had some artists on the show that like uh like say tops or fleer or I've, something yeah. i've seen them yeah card artists have been signing on to do to do specific commissions for yes yeah and then they send it back and then that commission gets put in a pack for someone to open and own for their own but none of those are like that but at the same time it's still very uh original artwork Mm -hmm. to the card and it's different but it's still just as equally cool oh yeah it's amazing but those ones the ones that they're doing now i think is a little more cool because i think it's an actual drawing it's their their actual work it's not a copy like these are well, I mean, you don't get a full pack of those, though. Those no, are it's just only just one-offs. one. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so. But if you wanted so-and-so's card of so-and-so, you had to sit there and buy the whole box. I don't know. I, I think it's cooler to get a card with the commission on it rather than the full pack. I'd, I'd rather get, a like, a bunch of these because these guys mm. are freaking cool with their foil and their. Yeah. Oh, their different concepts. Yeah, and, and besides, I mean, these are original cards, but I also was written to the they made cards for for certain series like the spider-man actual cartoon show and then the x-men animated show they had cards that were like specific for that where they would take scenes and they would just do a still from it and then just kind of put like some stuff on the back about it right well here's the halloween ones is it there's professor x is a wizard yeah who was Gambit? is a snowman gambit's uh, looks like a it's like he's a poker player or a cowboy or something what's psylocke at the top there she looks like like a maid, like a French maid or something. Yeah, she's wearing a regular outfit pretty much, but she's carrying like feather dusters. Feather dusters. Yeah. Rogue, I'm not sure what she is. She just has a Let me red see. cape. Oh, I guess it says. Oh, no, it says haunted haunted mansion on the side. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what she's supposed to do. Dude looks good though. I guess. <laughs> Storm's you, a witch. You can't do a. Uh... An episode on trading cards without doing the most famous trading cards of all, which are garbage pail kids. Holy oh, God, I didn't think about this. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've only ever had very few of those, but I know the impact they had. Yeah. For God, sure. that's all through elementary school, that's all that's all it was was garbage pail kids. Yeah. And then sports cards, yeah. Sports I uh cards. I had a poster of of garbage pail kids. It was like how, how do you look at those posters? It was like the cards, except it was a poster of them. It was just a picture. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because I kept it on my wall. Whenever I was bored as a little kid, I would get up and be like, look, that's me, Cranky Frankie. And it was like a devil like kind of grinding all of his, his, his textbooks from school. So <laughs> I love those things. I think they're bringing them back or something. I think they have. I know I have seen um, maybe like little action figures of them and 
they were trying to come back, I think. I think there were, uh, maybe in certain locations, cards. You don't find trading cards like these out there anymore, Mm -hmm. really. I mean, again, there's the Pokemon cards and stuff, but... I just remember when we were young, you know, you'd go to the register to ring out with your folks and there would be a whole line of just boxes of Power Rangers, Turtles, yeah. Sports, you know, just any anything you could fathom on a card. And it's like, okay, I didn't have enough to buy an action figure maybe, but I've got enough to buy fucking 20 packs of cards <laughs> and feel like a big man for 20 seconds. <laughs> but um, I spent probably the most amount of money on the teenage, the first Ninja Turtle movie uh, cards. I've just got an on, I've got like what, probably about a foot tall stack of mm-hmm. them. And uh, you know, every time you buy them, you're still, you know, you get just as excited. But every time you buy them, it's like okay, you, you know, the odds of you just getting a pack of duplicates, nothing but duplicates, keeps going up and up and up because of what? There's only like a hundred scenes from the actual film. So. Yeah. Got it, got it, yeah, got it. <laughs> Fuck, I only got one new card out of this one. <laughs> I think that's you what you get such a I weird nostalgia doing. for them. That you just you get them and then you kind of throw them in a shoebox, and then years later you kind of like you completely forget that they're there. But then when you're throwing out stuff, you're like, I can't throw out my cards. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I still have them. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I still have them. And like with my friend, like growing up, he collected them too. So they were almost like a we get together and we bring our turtle card bricks around and take the rubber band off like all right let's see what you got let's see what i got maybe we can do some tradesies and get you know things i don't have you don't you know what i mean man i think i'm bringing back repressed repressed memories a little bit because i think i had turtle cards i'm sure you did because looking at these i'm like holy crap i think i remember having these now though that one you just held up from the cartoon yeah there's they're they're all mixed in in here that's the same one i have a brick from uh unopened whole box of in the closet there from the original Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon. Where did you get that from? There was a comic book store that used to be in uh, Yellow Springs called oh, that's right. Dark Star Comics, and uh, they had it, but I think they're gone now. The smelly place? No, but that place is still there, too. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Frank? Any other cards you want to mention? Oh... I have no idea. I I was I, I was big into into playing cards too. So, um, like Pokemon, Magic. Yeah. Uh, besides, they actually had they turned sports cards into playing cards. I don't know if you guys were familiar. Maybe this was this was a little after your time. But they had a game called MLB Showdown, which kind of it was. It was a game where you could have a pitcher or a batter, and then there were stats on it, and you rolled the dice. So they actually turned, uh, yeah, they would you turned trading cards for if they were for actual players into a game, so you could actually play with them, and it was, oh, wow. huh. and it was pretty fun. Kind of gives a yeah, gives meaning to it. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. I don't know if they have similar stuff for like hockey or basketball or, or, or football and stuff like that. But yeah, they turn. It was it, I, we played. I played it for like a summer with my friends. Where if you had like Trevor Hoffman as the closing pitcher, like his stats were through the roof, and you're like, oh my god, and he's he's hollow foil. But it was it was it was kind of cool for them to actually make it a practical thing. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Give it some give it some actual use. <laughs> Unlike this next card that I have here. Which I'm still glad I have, though. This is a card from the very first Jurassic Park line of toys, when the very first movie came out. Mm -hmm. 19, what's the date on this? 
thought I just saw a date. Did I not? Well, it had to be 93, right? That's what I was going to say. I was going to say 94. Is well, that when the movie came out? It was 93? 93, the movie came out. Yeah, summer of 93. But uh, this is a Velociraptor card. Authentic movie collector card, as it says on it. Uh, just with the Velociraptors, you know, length, weight, diet, period, you know, where it's from and all this stuff. It's, yeah, it's, they got scientifically accurate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the one thing I love about it is on the back in the bottom uh, right hand corner, it has that authentic Kenner stamp on it. Oh, yeah. One of the one of the old Kenner things. <laughs> not that's not a retro. That's an OG. Probably one of the only OG things I have that still has the Kenner thing on it. I know I've got from what was it McDonald's from the Happy Meals back when the Amazing Spider-Man Two came out. Yeah, they had the it was like six cards or something. That, like that. was such a weird Happy Meal promotion because yeah. they had. There were like some toys in those things that looked so cool because I think we ended up getting didn't we get the like the electro like where it, like his arms were out when you push him down like he'd glow blue on the yeah, head his head he, glows he looked cool and there was a cool looking Spider Man but on top of that like you either get this action figure or this bullshit sticker book and <laughs> yeah. like okay I know I'm not the demographic for this but how about a little consistency how about either four little action figures or you just do a whole color book thing that I can just totally ignore it anyway, yeah you know <laughs> the cards were cool because it came in that that collector's tin and that yeah. thing is actually. I use that all the time. I see that tin with Not the cards. Not for cards, in there. though. But actually, that's where I store my well, yeah, I store my credit cards in the drawer, <laughs> hidden away. I was always big on the the Happy Meal toys when they take characters and then they give them like their own specific vehicle. You know, they did that yes. for like the Batman movie where the Riddler had his own car and Catwoman had her own car, and it was <laughs> it was kind of this goofy thing. But I was just like, I was like, yeah, if they, if if uh, Two Face had a car, it would definitely look like this, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I think like what was it like the Two Face was 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 there was a Two Face car, wasn't there? I think there was like with the animated, animated series, series. Yeah. and like Happy the like people. the car was painted in two different colors, you know, like, like a nice white. Mercedes on one side and then the black yeah I the see it would actually be a penguin yeah. you know Peng- Penguin's got a little like spiral umbrella on the front Joker's yes. got the <laughs> head yeah I'm, I'm looking at him I can't believe I can't believe I can remember these there was one of those for the uh, Spider-Man cartoon I, too they were that's a very good memory I was just thinking that too because they had the action figures you know like the actual stand-up action figures but in that same Happy Meal you could also get like characters in cars so spider-man got, like, like had a little white car with like spider legs on it oh that's it. right i remember that yeah. you got uh hobgoblins got this little glider i don't see it here but i remember scorpion had one there he is yeah so um venom venom <laughs> venom's looks yes. creepy as hell <laughs> his looked like a spider too didn't it just with yeah his... and he's got his venom head on the front yeah it just looks freaky that fucking show was awesome god i love that show does that show still hold up? Yes, I, remember, I have it? I have it on DVD and I put it on for my kids in the car, and I can listen to it and I I hear it. I'm just like I don't even need to to see the scenes. I could see it in my head. <laughs> yeah. if I just listen to it. Better than X Men holds up. 
Uh, in my opinion, it does. But see, I you know, see since we... It was a little bit later, I think, though. I've gone and watched X-Men since we talked about it, like, quote-unquote, not holding up. I gave mm-hmm. it another chance, and I'm glad I did, because I've been enjoying watching it. Mm. But same kind of thing, you know, very uh, choppy animation, a lot of different scenes and frames reused throughout the series <laughs> of him swinging and whatnot, which, okay. Um... But yeah, I just, you know, it makes me think of what was it called? That series in the 80s, like Peter Parker, Spider-Man. It like seems that series seemed very, very rooted in that like early 80s Spider-Man and was like almost, uh, you know, true to the stories to a T from the comics. Mm-hmm. It was like so good. So, I mean, you could, you know, you could watch that show and actually know some shit that actually happened in comics. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you paid attention. I- I mean, that's kind of why I like the, the Spider-Man show is that they they reimagined it, but they did it in such an intricate way with the characters that they really built up their own kind of mythology that was that was pretty I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was an amazing show. I, I, I adore that show. I've watched that run several times and I think uh, it's on Disney Plus now, too. Yeah. So there you go. Check it out. <laughs> I would love to check it out. There's just so much, so much time in the day that you can rewatch something. And oversaturation at that when it comes to watching anything. It's like there's so many choices. I just, I kind of miss the days like you turn on the TV, you have three, four choices. (laughs) Pick something or fuck off. (laughs) You know? Now you got to sit there. Even if you just want background noise, you got to decide what you want to put on as background noise. I don't even fuck with it. I rarely turn the TV on anymore rarely i just watch something on my phone quick and that's about it i can't get into like the hour unless it's those disney like marvel shows i can't get into like the hour-long episode you know 10 episode seasons like i got too much yeah there's not much i watch any more than like comic book hero shows yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right do we have anything else to add on trading cards before we move on guys we got one more what's that we only have because of this show and it's that one on the wall of zordon signed (laughs) by good friend david j fielding okay now let me tell you about that card what jack's referring to is uh you know on the wall next to where we're recording here i have a bunch of uh autographed uh pictures and stuff just from over the years of us doing this show at cons people we've met yada 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 um david j fielding who was zordon in the power rangers we had on several times Mm -hmm. and i went through my old this box right here is this where they were this is where they were so like i found five identical zordon cards because yes i had that many of them (laughs) there you go (laughs) buy a bunch of packs got this zordon oh there's another zordon but um i reached out to him and said hey you know if we uh if i mailed you these cards with return postage could you autograph them and he said yeah so it's cool to not only have you know that autograph up there Zordon's autograph, but to have it be on that card Mm -hmm. that I had since I was a kid, you know, (laughs) that I actually, you know, I didn't reacquire. I've been holding on to all these years. And I've got one of those cards that you had when you was a kid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I kept one and gave the rest to you guys. Got a piece of your childhood at my house. (laughs) Hope that makes you feel good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Anything else then? Uh, Frank, Mm -hmm. do you have anything to add? No, no. I mean, besides trading cards, a big one I used to do in my time was, was what are they called? Pogs? Oh, shit. Pogs, yes. That you stuff do blew it. me away. I was too you could old do for it that enti- when they came out. You could do an entire episode of, of just Pogs. You could. I had a bunch of those, too. Not nearly as many as trading cards. But, um, you know, Pogs was actually a game. 
mm-hmm. but I never played it because the card the pogs were cardboard, and it, if you played with them, like you know, throwing the big plastic like chucker piece the at them, pog, pog smasher, Sla- slammers, slammer, slammer yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it would it would fuck up the cardboard pogs, and <laughs> you know, I was about just collecting them the same way these trading cards. I'd get a because remember the top, the pogs also came with those plastic tubes. You could mm-hmm. buy like a six, seven inch long plastic tube to store your pogs in for maximum security. <laughs> well, the thing about pogs was that if you played the, you put your pogs up to play the game. So it was like, you want my pog, you're gonna have to play me for it, and it, it got really real. If you lost, you lost your pogs. If you won, you 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 got new pogs. So it, uh, yeah, it turned little kids into freaking uh, degenerate gamblers. <laughs> I was the only one I knew who had pogs. Like, none of my friends had them. It was just one of those things that I happened to see when getting trading cards one day. Like, wow, what are these? I can either spend $1.25 and get a pack of cards, or I can sit there and hand collect, hand pick the certain pogs I want, you know? So that's that was kind of the move over for me. What if those went with any kind of value at all? Oh, I'm sure there are some that still hold value. I was just at that uh, retro toy store I was telling you about, and they had a whole great big drawer full of pogs that you wow. could still go through. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's definitely a market out there. I remember going to my neighbor's house, and he had kids there. I think they were probably around eight. His son was eight. And then you'd walk in, and there was just these cardboard discs all over with cartoon characters. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, it's just pogs. Like, what is a pog? The, the, the weird thing about pogs is that you can... Every place I remember was selling them. Like I went to yeah. the gas station and on the counter there was like or- organic sex pills and pogs right next to each other. Here's something for you. Now this uh, was also originally in my card box here. The pog isn't in it anymore. But this is the packaging that the Power Ranger pog came in from McDonald's. Like I think when the movie came out. Feels like there's something in there. There's a piece of cardboard in oh, there. Okay. It was like the backing, but the pog itself is gone. But they were cool pogs. They had like a foil, uh, foil front to them. Power and shine. Power coin pack. But uh, yeah. So, was, what's so that? I just went. I just went on eBay and I went to pogs highest price, and I see the Simpsons complete pog set one through fifty, two thousand dollars. Holy shit! Damn. Got and this guy's selling oh. his pog collection, thousands of pogs for eleven thousand dollars. So, people be buying stuff. Yeah. That they do. Yep. Set of fifty classic vintage metal slammers from the nineties, fifteen hundred dollars or best offer. Vintage Marilyn Monroe pog set. <laughs> I never this had guy. a metal slammer. I just had the plastic ones, like the thick plastic ones. Well, that was if you were a pro, if you played in the National Pogs League. Oh, pardon Jeez. me. Is <laughs> <laughs> that a thing? No, I have been. no idea. Oh, okay. Uh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have been the least bit surprised. No, not really. But... Here comes Billy in the Champion Pog League. <laughs> he's eight years old. We've seen Billy's form improve greatly over the last year as he's been throwing those slammers. Bill, NPL <laughs> reigning champion. <laughs> And a hush falls over the Pog uh, arena tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, with that behind us, let's jump to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Frank about Polar Paradox. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. 
you might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. All right, and we are back with Frank Martin. Again, Frank, thanks for being back on the show and I'm excited to talk with you about this next Kickstarter. Well, the one that's live right now for the second part of Polar Paradox. But before we jump into any of that, uh, for the listeners who are listening who didn't hear you the first time around, can you give them a, uh, a description of what Polar Paradox is? Sure. It's a sci-fi adventure mystery book. Uh, premise is very simple. In the near future, a bunch of scientists uh, off the coast of Antarctica go missing on a dive and a bunch of elite rescue divers try to go in after them, and the the mission kind of uh, goes off the rails really quickly, and it becomes a, a dangerous adventure. A fun adventure, though. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so really cool. So when the first time we had you on, we were talking about your first Kickstarter, uh, which was for part one, I do believe, which was a huge success, so mm-hmm. congratulations to you. Thank you. So tell us about uh, then part two. What, what can we expect from part two? So part one, the way I described it was part one really uh, focused on the polar side of the title where we get the divers, uh, the rescue divers, they jump in, they have to they go underwater, they face a whole bunch of crazy animals that try to attack them. And the, the part two is going to focus more on the paradox side of things as they emerge into a cave underneath Antarctica. And it, the story is a lot more plot heavy and we get to the, the mystery at, at the heart of what happened to these missing scientists. Ooh. Hmm. The paradox half. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Now, um, what was I going to say? So is this then going to be... Just a part one, part two. I think I may have asked you something like this the first time around, but I can't remember exactly how you answered. Past this part two, is the series going to keep going, or is this going to be a contained uh, story? Well, you know what? It's funny, because I, when I originally wrote the first draft of part two, it had an ending that kind of... It ended a little bit unsatisfying, but it was it was done on purpose. You know, it was supposed to be one of those <gasps> gasp, shocking endings, but it never really sat right with me because it, it left unanswered questions, which I do sure. a lot with my stories. And sometimes I'm okay with that. I and mean, people are like, well, what happened? I'm like, I don't care, figure it out. But this yeah. time- Use your imagination. Time, yeah, this time I, it, didn't, it didn't sit right with me. So I included an epilogue, a one page epilogue that um, kind of left the door open to continue the story. And I approached my my co-creator, Antonio, and I said, do you want to continue it? And he was kind of hesitant. He said, I want to see uh, how part one does. And part one did great. So I managed to convince him to continue the series. So we are having another two-part sequel when this other uh, two-part arc is finished. Nice. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I, saying something about, you know, having too many questions left out there, I don't think, you know, that's not, not that you were saying it was, but I think it's awesome to uh, do that. That's no problem there because mm-hmm. if, if there's any story that wraps everything up too tightly, you know, I don't know. One, you don't, you're not leaving room for yourself to uh, venture back in there. But two, you know, kind of like Star Wars, you know, as long as Star Wars has even been around, there's still 
so many big questions have been yeah. unanswered, and the, you know, there's a big appeal in that. There's a big uh, comeback. You know, there are questions that just don't need to be answered. <laughs> that need to be there just to keep the intrigue. Sometime, I think. Well, you know what? I'm a big. Uh, I was raised on Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is mm. what Kai was very heavily influenced for my story. Uh, the Macabre Motel, which, you know, a lot of the Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes, they have that, like, creepy, weird, bizarre ending where the hero is kind of, like, left in danger a little bit, and then it just kind of, they say the end, and you have to just be okay that it was left on that little tiny bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> and I do that, I tend to do that a lot. And normally when I do that, I, I feel comfortable and confident in the ending that I leave the reader in a place that I want, ambiguously that I want to leave them. You know, with the polar paradox, I, I did that, but it didn't sit right with me. I didn't have that confident feeling that it it tied things up. It it wasn't a nice place to leave off. So that's why I wanted to to continue it and and do a sequel. And one of the milestone goals I have for this campaign is as soon as I hit that hundred backer mark, I'm actually going to reveal the title for the sequel, so we'll be able to see what it's called. Right. I, I don't know how many times we've heard it on the show. I mean, not so many that it's like, oh, my God, everyone. But we've a few times we've had people say, you know, they started with the intention of writing just a, a one off or a three part mm -hmm. quick story. But, you know, like Frank's saying, you know, by the time it's over, you know, I wanted to be done with it. But there's all these other questions that I keep having. And you, there's always room to kind of move forward if you want to. I guess if you if you lay the track work to let yourself step back into it if you want to. If not, yeah. they're just questions that add to the intrigue. You know, and also, it, it doesn't hurt the fact that it was my most successful campaign yet, which, which gives you a little <laughs> bit of a, That's a big motivation to, to keep it going. Right. I've got something here. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as rewards on this uh, second campaign, what are uh, backers going to be uh, getting? Uh, we're going to have, similar to the first campaign, we have a standard uh, cover, which is actually connects to the part one it's it's one big image so they'll both they'll both connect to each that other that's cool i saw that i yeah. remember seeing that on the first one yeah so and we have that we're going to have a variant cover which is done by the same variant artist as uh, the polar paradox one i'm also offering a deluxe edition which is part one and two in uh in, in the same issue it's going to be like 52 pages or something and I've taken the, the connecting cover and I'm, I'm going to be using a vir virgin version of that as a wraparound. So it's just going to be front and back the full complete image of what the two covers would connect at, which is which I'm looking forward to seeing. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, I would have to get a look at that myself. Are you getting a soundtrack for the second one? Uh, same same music, you know. That's one of the the benefits is of having the same series. I don't have to pay the well. Yeah, that's the composer that, that to which ones. Be like Star Wars having a different opening theme song every time, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> this one's disco. <laughs> um, uh, and and I had a a print set that was involved in the first campaign, which I'm not going to put up there because as a as a reward tier because if people wanted it the first time they could have grabbed it the first time but it is available as an add-on kickstarter has now, now has this great add-on feature that you could just kind of throw stuff up there and if people want it after the fact they could always grab it right that's awesome man a lot of good incentive there love that when uh, there's a lot of good uh good rewards to mm -hmm. be had you know not only you're going to get the book that you're backing but all the extra little goodies that go with it so I think I missed out on the first one. I might have to take advantage of this one. 
Get that, there you go. That dual one. There you <laughs> go. Well, that's uh, it's one of the, the cool things about Kickstarter, or I should say just creating and writing in general, is that the longer you do it, the more crap you accumulate that you're able to offer to people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good, man. Well, we wish you all the very best on this Kickstarter, though. I mean, based on the success from your first one, it looks like you are going to be uh, pretty well off. I want to encourage our listeners to find Frank on social media at Frank the Writer and at FrankTheWriter.com. Is there anywhere else we should be sending people, Frank? No, no, other than those places, which I'll be slamming with uh, promos for the Kickstarter, I'm pretty accessible. Okay. And I also want to encourage our listeners uh, to, if you like this episode, go back to uh, number 282, the first time we had Frank on, <laughs> and hear him talk about more about Polar Paradox, and we also talk about, I believe, uh, Sequest. our favorite ex- fictional explorers. <laughs> and, yeah, there was a lot of Sequest talking about <laughs> A lot of it. It was so fun. <laughs> so, so Frank, thank you, man, so much for being back. Uh, it's been a blast. We'll get you back on in the future, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can get a bunch of cans. What kind of cans? You can buy merch. You can become a patron. You can listen to the show. You can submit your work and be a guest on our contacts page. And you can also find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on, uh, on uh, did I say Twitter or Instagram? Let me start that again. And you can also find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And again, uh, on the website, there's a Patreon button there, or you can just search Candare Podcast on Patreon, and a few dollars a month gets you access to a whole nother uh, show we're doing, multiple shows, access to a bunch of extra content, mm-hmm. uh, which is some of my favorite. I love those episodes. Uh, they're a lot more laid back. <laughs> <laughs> you can also go to Evergreen Podcast, where we're on the, the uh the podcast network and listen to other shows but listen to us first there there you have it and if you want to wear some swag a candare shirt also click that merch button on our website just go to the website look at all the buttons click on each of them and see if any of them speaks to you you can do it you can you have the power (laughs) might not be the can you're looking for but it's the can you get (laughs) all right well i think that's going to do it for this week so until next time i am jeremy collie i'm jack doherty yeah i'm frank martin thanks so much for listening everyone and be excellent to each other Oh, no! Don't run! It'll only make things worse! What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has been a Canned Air production. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. 
and then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.